0: I'm Jeff Stewart, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist, and the host of this podcast, From Crisis to Connection. This is a podcast about relationships, the relationships with others, of course, but also the relationship with ourselves and the relationship with our higher power. I believe we experience our deepest joys when we're in harmony with these relationships. But when we lose that connection to ourselves and others through our own unhealthy behaviors like addictions infidelity, secrecy, abuse, and so on, or we lose it by being betrayed by someone else's choices, it throws us into crisis. Getting out of crisis and living in connection isn't always straightforward or easy, but it is possible. And that's why every week I bring you incredible guests who share their life experiences and expertise to help you move from crisis to connection. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Fear is one of the most paralyzing things that we can experience as humans. And sometimes fear is trying to help us avoid danger, avoid a really terrible situation. But sometimes fear works against us and keeps us stuck. And understanding the difference and learning how to walk forward in faith is something that I think takes a lot of practice, a ton of courage, and a lot of support. And I'm really excited to introduce you to my guest today who's going to talk with us about exactly how to do that. His name is Richie Norton and maybe you've heard of him. Let me tell you real quick how I heard about him. A few years ago, I was on Instagram and saw a post that involved Jack Johnson, who's one of my favorite artists. And there was this other guy on the beach there standing next to Jack there in Hawaii. And they were all in a big circle, big group of people and celebrating the life. It was a memorial for a young boy who had passed away. And Richie was giving a speech and talking about some things, and I just was so impressed and touched by some of the things that he was saying and just kind of the energy he had. So I followed him on social media. And over the you know, the last little while I've been reading his posts and starting to apply a lot of the things that he teaches and says, And it's really started to make a difference in my life, which, you know, most people say, Oh, that's life changing and that makes a big difference in your life. But I'll tell you, it really is true. And in fact, I read his book, The Power of Starting Something Stupid, last summer. And Brene Brown just last week said that this book was one of her top favorite books. And in fact, said that it did change her life. And she recognized that it was going to set in motion some things that were going to make a big difference for her. Richie has some powerful stuff that he produces, who he is, what he teaches. It's blessing lots of lives. Richie is one of the world's top 100 business coaches. Dr. Marshall Goldsmith designated him as one of those. He's also An international speaker, he's done TEDx, Google Startup Grind. He's uh, got a podcast, The Richie Norton Show, and he's everywhere, guys. He is speaking, consulting, coaching, writing, producing, helping, supporting entrepreneurs, but also helping people build and protect their most important relationships. This is the stuff that draws me back to him over and over again. Yes, I hired him as a coach. I've worked with him in my business stuff. He's made helped me make some big changes and improve my life dramatically but mostly because of the relationships in my family. He's worked hard to help me protect my own marriage, my own parenting, and my own mental health and peace by making hard decisions and leaning into things. Richie is one of those people that is courageous and is willing to nudge people forward even when they don't think they can do it. And so I'm really excited to share my interview with you. I'm so glad he was willing to come on the show, take some time out of his very busy schedule and share with us some of the wisdom and just insights that he has that are really changing lives, making a huge difference. So let's jump right into it, guys. This is my interview with Richie Norton. Richie, welcome to the podcast. So good to have you with me.
1: Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. You're an amazing person doing amazing things. So I hope I can just, I don't know, learn something from you. I know you're going to be asking me questions, so I'm here (laughs) to learn from you. (laughs)
0: Oh my gosh, you're great, man. Well, I'll tell you, as I was thinking about bringing you on here, I just thought a lot about the things you've taught me over the years, and you just have a, a really consistent theme that I think's made the biggest difference in my life, which is this whole idea, this principle of choosing faith over fear. When I look at your life and look at the things you've done, and I've read your book, The Power of Starting Something Stupid, and and just really tried to understand sort of your message, it's just like we act so much out of fear. We just let that hold us back so much in terms of how we manage our time, how we box ourselves in and i would just love to jump into this part of the discussion if that's okay just around this choice we have around leaning into into faith and moving forward versus just living in fear and holding back tell me more about that why did this become such an important theme for you you know where did this come from for you
1: let me share a quick story that's not mine and then i'll get into my own stories but because awesome. when you're saying that i was just thinking about i don't know the higher the stakes the higher the fear let's yeah, put it that yeah. way like the more important something is to you the more scared you may become of it because it requires more, you care more. In fact, I even I live at Sunset Beach. I live I live in Hawaii. There's big waves out here, especially in the winter. And I have a friend that caught this massive wave. He got stuck on top of the lip of it. And he when he came over the falls, his board came behind him and almost like an axe chopped his femur in half. Okay. What? And I know I'm saying like wow. like just like nothing, but like like it was like brutal. He was gonna drown there was somebody who's like a lifeguard, but wasn't lifeguarding. You know, he's like a paddler, big, you know, ocean type person who saw him getting pounded wave after wave after wave after wave. And he came over, grabbed, you know, dished his board, grabbed his board, held him as they were like just tumbling through these, you know, massive yeah. waves, got into the shore. Anyways, my friend had a metal pole put in his leg and you know, he learns to get back to to walking and, and eventually back to surfing and back to big waves and not and in a very short period of time. And I asked him, I even interviewed him. I, I said, why in the world, after such an experience, would you get back in the water, you know, and chase these big waves? And he said, because it's fun. And I said, <laughs>
0: well,
1: what's wrong with you? You know, and I'm like, I mean, but I get it. And I'm like, but aren't you scared? And he said, oh yeah, we're all scared out there. We're all afraid. And then it dawned on me, these aren't people that are just so brave that they have no fear that they're just doing these things. These are people that are scared, that are tackling their fears, doing it one step at a time. You don't go surfing just on especially big waves like one day to the next. You start by doing and falling and then doing and falling. And you you incrementally grow to a point where you're doing these big waves where you learn to fall and get back up. So when it comes to like faith and fear, sure, like sometimes even ironically, it might be the greater the faith, the greater the fear, <laughs> you know, and, and the greater the fear requires the greater the faith. These things are, are tied together. But at the end of the day, you know, like, I don't think, the, how can you have, look at as far as like spiritually and scripturally, I don't know, like, all, I'm just, I'm just making stuff up on my own here. But like, how can you have faith without fear? How can you have, how can you, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it requires that, that doubt, that unknown, that thing that might not work out to have faith. (laughs) Otherwise it's known.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That's it right there. Because I mean, I think so many people, when I think about couples I work with who are, you know, people that are trying to overcome major hurdles, major betrayals, deciding if they want to be back in a relationship, deciding if they want to make these major life-changing decisions. I think there's a tendency, a human tendency. I know I felt it to somehow eliminate all the variables so that you don't have to have any fear and then you can move forward. And it just doesn't work that way.
1: Yeah, it's true. And, and it's not like, I like to say crush fear, meaning not like you're just, you're just crushing it and making it happen, but you take that big boulder that's in front of you and break it down into smaller, more manageable parts and work through it, you know, one at a time. Some, some of our fears are not real and some of them are. And it's hard to decide what is and what isn't, right? But, you know, my... As you know, my brother in law passed away at, at twenty one in his sleep out of yeah. nowhere. You know, my a few years later we we had our fourth son and we named him Gavin after my brother in law Gavin that had passed away. And he got this cough and we took him to the doctors, they said he'd be fine. It persisted. Eventually one night it was so hard on him, you know, we went to the hospital as we had before, but this time they were like, You need to stay the night and we we're like, Okay. And it turned out after him being in the hospital for quite some time, they finally, this is years ago, but they finally figured out he had something called pertussis, also known as whooping cough. Mm. They didn't catch it early enough. Like it had been, it'd been there for quite some time that it had taken its toll. And I remember a nurse, you know, coming in and saying, You guys need to stay the night. We always stayed the night. That wasn't a thing, but she was queuing us in that he probably wasn't going to make it. And we had, look, man, like here's, here's like, the hard thing is like, we had and have, we had all the faith in the world that he would be okay. And we prayed and we asked everyone and we to help us and pray with us. And my wife was blogging and people were following from all over the world. Some guy from Istanbul said so he stood up all night praying for our child. Like, just like we felt like so much, and I know a lot of people don't have this, so we, we felt like people were there with us trying to make it work. And, but I remember when they took all the wires and the tubes out of his little body and i held him for a moment and and uh hand him to my wife and she held him and rocked him and we sang lullabies and i had my hand on his little heart and he slipped away and all the faith in the world can't change that it's the hardest thing you can imagine you know as a father as a mother as a parent and so you know thinking my brother-in-law passed away my son passing away i started thinking about what's the point point. and i'm gonna fast forward here but like at some point later, we had three foster kids in our home. We went from four kids to three kids to six kids. We mm. really overnight, Wow! three kids came into our lives. And then after a couple of years, when we went back to their bio mom, it was really hard on us because there are reasons, you know, they were, they ended up in our care. My wife had a mini stroke, lost her memory right after that. And fortunately got it back. And sometime later, my son was hit by a car crossing the street on the highway here in Hawaii and he should be dead, but he's not. I remember thinking of all these things, and I was like, "Does God hate me? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, what is going on?" And then I then I thought, "Well, they didn't actually happen to me. They happened to like all these people around me. You know That's what I true. mean?" True. Also, sometimes hurts. I mean, I can't say getting. I can't. You can't literally say it hurts more, but because obviously the person in pain hurts the worst. But like sometimes the pain for what others have done, what others are doing, and you can't do it, anything about it. And it's not your choice. Oh, and yeah. It, that is extremely debilitating. And I started thinking about that and then I just had this thought, you know, all these things aren't necessarily like cause and effect strung together. Maybe they happen to me and those, you know, around me that I love. And I thought, what if I just love God unconditionally? I thought if God can love us unconditionally, why do I or why do we collectively blame God every time something goes wrong? What if we just stop blaming? And I said, if I just love God unconditionally it was really an interesting, like unlocking moment. Well, then I can have faith without wondering and looking for the proof of that faith in some miracle.
0: Oh,
1: Because sometimes the greatest miracle of faith is having faith when there is no miracle, like happened to me and my, you know, my son. And so when you love God unconditionally, you actually bring the power back because you're not playing the blame game and you can still keep your faith and then you can go to work. And so I don't know if I've ever shared this way on anybody's podcast before, maybe just because of the things that you deal with, but like, it's all hard. Like nothing's easy. Some things when the stakes are higher are a lot harder, you know, than anything else. So I I can't even imagine. But the one thing that kind of breaks me through is when I, I can't can't with this idea. Someone asks, what did you learn from your brother-in-law passing away from your son passing away? And I said, I didn't know. (laughs) And I I started (laughs) thinking about it I came up with what I call Gavin's law, which is live to start, start to live. Meaning, if you live and start those ideas that are pressing on your mind, you really will start living. So even in the midst of pain, even in the physical, psychological, emotional, relationship-wise, all those kind of things, even in the midst of that, there are little ideas trying to pierce through, you know, trying to get through to you. And when we don't act on them, they might keep coming. And we keep wondering why, and maybe they're a dumb idea, it was a stupid idea, and we want to avoid it, or maybe it's hard and it's scary. But those who do act on those promptings, those thoughts, those ideas, those inspirations, they change. yes because one thing leads to another. that's right. And so I hope that anyone listening to this can just find the courage to do that one little thing, like talking to someone like you. you know what I mean, or and finding those tools to help them cope, and then hopefully moving from surviving to thriving at some point. but sometimes it takes time, man, sometimes it just takes time.
0: Yeah. I love that. I mean, so many of the people I work with understandably have every reason in the world to push pause and just wait for things to feel better. And this isn't about taking breaks. This is, I think a lot of people are paralyzed by the fear of, well, if I move forward, then I might lose something else or I might get hurt or this might blow up in my face. And I think that this is a universal tendency, whether it's in business or in relationships or you know with anything that we we know sure. matters, but we're terrified of moving forward because we feel so vulnerable. I mean, just do it is that what you tell people? Just like you said, just walk forward and things will start happening maybe
1: <laughs> maybe i I kind of came up with a model I say you know the idea is to overcome fear, pride, and procrastination and just, just think I mean, let me instead of like going deep into that, let me say it another way okay imagine if Like you, even personally. Imagine if you had no fear, no pride, like negative pride, and no procrastination. Like, how would you show up in life? Mm. You'd be, you'd be you. Yeah. You'd finally like break out of that shell of always being scared, always being worried about what other people might think of you, always trying to maybe one up someone or try to like feel like things are fair. They never are, <laughs> you know, and that's pride. And then procrastinating it all. People who can bust out of that shell become, you know, there's this word authentic, but you, you become yourself. All these things we're trying to do are usually buried under those fears we've been talking about, mm-hmm. our pride, and then procrastinating doing them. And then I say, you know, move through that. And then I use this acronym called START, which is serve, thank, ask, receive, and trust, which sounds, it's just an acronym, I you know. I came up with, but like these principles are everlasting. Serve other people with no reason other than to serve them without a hidden agenda. You know, I'm a student of Stephen Covey's. In fact, I've met him in person several times. He was at my wedding. Stephen M. R. Covey wrote the forward to my book. I remember one time I asked him when I was working with youth, I said, what about like these kids whose parents don't really care and they know they're having a hard time and they got all these things pulling in different directions. How can somebody help them? And he said, basically said to be their friend without a, he said with, I remember this part specifically, without a hidden agenda. Mm, Right. A lot of times when people know, you're only being this way because you're trying to get me to do something. And when you know that, people don't like that. That doesn't mean you can't have something in mind, it just means have the courage to talk straight. (laughs) (laughs) And tell them what you want to have happen, why you want to have it happen, how it's going to work. And there may be ways to do that better than others, but like secretly trying to push someone into another direction. Tends to push them in the other direction.
0: <laughs> <All> the <laughs> so serve.
1: Yep. Right. Thank them for the opportunity to serve them. Ask. You know. Serve. Think. Ask for the things you want. Problem though too is a lot of people won't receive what they want even when they're being given it. They'll push it away for one reason or another. And then to trust the process. But by doing that, overcoming fear, pride, procrastination, becoming yourself, being authentic, serve, think, ask, and trust leverage the existing resources that are around you. A lot of people think they need more time, more education, more experience, more money, only to find out later they still needed more time, more education, more experience, more money. (laughs) It never ends, man. So it's kind of like do what you can with what you have right here. And also give yourself a break, man. It's a tunnel. It's a tunnel, not a cave. Give yourself a break. It's okay to feel like crap. It's okay to sleep all day. It's okay if things didn't work out. It's okay. Right, right. And this is the stuff that sabotages the
0: present for us. This is the stuff that basically just, I mean, this is, you're saying this stuff is all in front of us all the time. We're the ones that block it. We're the ones that cover it with all this others, you know, with the fear, the pride, the pride, like we cover it all up, but it's just sitting here for the taking.
1: Yeah. 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 And you know, there's always working on yourself and becoming better and that's what you can control and maybe people will level up with you. You know what I mean? If that's the goal. And it's really hard to help somebody who doesn't care. How do yeah. you help someone who doesn't care? And I mentioned that because I worked with Marshall Goldsmith, number one executive coach in the world. And he's like, I only work with people that care. I can't help someone that doesn't care. And it's a hard thing to hear, but that doesn't mean people don't care about certain things. They might just not care about things that you care about. (laughs) (laughs) And, And this is where, you know, first listening, seek first to understand then to be understood becomes really important. Because actually, when you think someone doesn't care, you might actually be surprised that the things they care about are in line with the things you care about. They might just be coming at it from a direction you never expected. <laughs> right, right,
0: right, yeah. So. One thing that you said in one of your recent posts that really resonated with me—that that really matches my own experience. Richard Rohr talked about this, but this idea that we have to fall apart to be our best self, and nobody wants yeah. to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that's the way to our true, authentic self. And I don't—I don't know, if, you know, if this you know, I'm guessing in terms of, you know, everybody else falling apart around you, losing loved ones. I'm sure you've had other major setbacks in your life as well. You know, what have you seen with that as far as in your own life or the people you've worked with in your own, you know, your coaching and other things you do in terms of, you know, that whole principle of, of
1: how that allows us to become our best self? Uh, Let me, let me think about that. So yeah, I, I've written that and shared that many times and it's not like you're seeking to fall apart. So there's that part, (laughs) you know? That's true. That would be weird. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more. It's that. Like, it was more of a comforting. go, like, now that things have fallen apart. Oh, okay. I, of course. I, b- no, no, no. But, but, like, but then you can become your best self because you're not going to seek out falling apart. So, but I also do believe it would be kind of hard to become your depending on how you define it best self without falling apart. If you're, you have to recoil to punch forward. You have to like bend down to jump up. Right, like the. You have to have fear to have faith, right? Like, I mean, okay, one can be stronger than the other over time, but like, weightlifters get strong by tearing their muscles. That's what they're doing when they work out extremely, you know, like, so they say a broken bone gets stronger when it mends. I don't know if that's true or not, but I've heard that one. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard the same
0: thing, yeah.
1: Right, so, but like, but, but in reality, like when things fall apart, When I say it's a tunnel out of cave, like I learned that when I was going through grief because grief is extremely painful and it comes in all shapes and sizes and people don't understand it. People don't know how to react around you, you know, all these kind of things. But as you're putting yourself back together, if you can do it with the intent and thought that, hey, I will become better, whether it takes longer or not, then you will. For example, how can someone be like, let's just quickly use a surfing analogy again, a good surfer or good at coaching someone at being a surfer if they haven't really gone through it themselves. That's not to say that there aren't profound and important people in our lives that haven't gone through things that can't coach us and help us in, in certain ways. But when we do have hard experiences, it makes us realize that we were able to overcome something we never thought we could. I remember Natalie talking about yeah. later her experience having to, you don't think of this after your child dies in a hospital what do you do with the child where do you go she didn't know we didn't know finally an angel of a nurse came in and said hey can i rock your baby for you you know nicest person in the world and my wife and i then were able to walk out of the hospital empty-handed but when she looked back on it she didn't think that she herself could ever do that she felt like it her name's natalie she felt like it was the it was an other natalie and Natalie inside her that she didn't know exists. And Natalie inside her that she was holding hands with, that helped her push through it. So sometimes we don't even know how strong we can be until we've had these experiences. And then by getting through them, we do become stronger and better. But I will tell you that in mm-hmm. some ways it, it is a choice. Right. I, I, it, isn't just, it could happen by itself, but a lot of times it's choosing to become better, not bitter.
0: Yeah,
1: and my wife and I hung ourselves like over like just his little his bed, it was, like just this hospital bed, and he's in a tiny you know little bed in the middle of the room. And she's on one side, I'm on the other side. And it's like an it's just this bizarre situation. And we are praying, and and just, we look at each other. And we go, we know this could destroy our marriage. We know that statistically, people will have a child die it it. it it's not, it doesn't look good for the marriage either. And then we told ourselves, and I, I can't I can't say I'm an expert, at it. I'm just telling you our experience, but I, we told ourselves, we're not going to let this tear us apart. We're going to let it make us stronger. That didn't make it any easier, but at least we were on the same page that when we have hard times, in the midst of it, even years later, we can anchor ourselves back to how can we turn this around? How can we transform this into something good some instead of something horrible people are always looking for meaning and sometimes maybe sadly there isn't one which means you need to assign meaning to it and you might as well assign positive meaning to it <laughs> Yeah, <no laughs> kidding. in the first place you know so <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah it is a choice and I, I love that because you know you don't I mean I don't know that any of us recognize that we're that we've actually come out on the other side of something and realize that now, now we can look back on that and offer that strength and perspective to other people. And and in the middle of it, which I I, yeah, I agree with you, like sometimes you just need to lay down and take a rest. But but there is a choice in that. And a lot of people I work with who are betrayed in, in unspeakable ways, there are some that choose in that moment to say, you know what, I still have options, and I'm going to choose growth, and I'm not going to become bitter. And there's others who feel like everything's being chosen for them, and that they have no power and i agree that there are real victims of real circumstances that they can't control but but there is but i think becoming our best self is really embracing the fact that we can choose and i love your story about you know you natalie like with with your little baby there and just recognizing the odds and just making a commitment that you're not going to let this happen to each other and i think setting your intention on that is huge and obviously you guys have a you know you're still married, and things are look good, and
1: it's incredible. Yeah, no, no, it's it's it is, it is. It's a it's 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 not easy, you know, and it and it is hard, and you feel like you get hit down, and you get back up, and you get hit down again, and you you get back up, and it feels like an never ending cycle, and you start thinking weird things like when's it gonna happen again? You know what I mean? And and you start living in 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 different ways, but at the end of the day, like. Right now, in this very moment, I'm talking to you, things are well, you know, we're sharing this and building that courage to know that you could overcome such a thing, you can overcome everything.
0: Yeah. And so how do you, how do you feel like with you, let's just take the same example of of you guys going through this, this very difficult time with losing your son and and then deciding together to, you're not going to lose each other. Obviously, that was an external loss. It wasn't. It wasn't like something that you guys did to each other. You guys just held on to each other through this. Sure. But what I'm just curious for you, like, what were some of the intentional things that you guys did to not let this situation
1: pull you apart? It was interesting. That's a great question. It's interesting circumstance because you know a few years earlier, her brother had passed away, and we watched her parents grieve. You know, I watched her. Myself, my children, we we kind of went through this cycle like abruptly. The thing is, it, it never goes away. It's not like people say like move on. I'm like, you can't. It becomes a part of you, right? But you can forward. You know what I mean? You can build on top of that and become better for it. But strangely, going through that horrific experience with her brother, we were able to bring some of those. It's different when it's your own son, too, but we were able to bring some of those ideas or thoughts or ways of being to this new grief. And so some of the ways we did it really was we were okay letting other people come in and help when they could, you know what I mean, with watching our children sometimes. Or we were okay saying, no, please stop bringing us food. We don't want the disruption in our house anymore. You know, just stay away and leave us alone. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> both of those. And then there was the idea of, this is a weird one, but, like, we need to just let ourselves feel this and not bury it in productivity. Yeah. Because we'll come back up. So we let ourselves, my wife's way better at this than I am, but, like, we let ourselves go through it. And also it's really weird because you realize like sometimes you might feel okay or happy and then you'll punish yourself for feeling you're okay or happy because something terrible happens. And this could be even a, a, a lot of time later. But then when you feel bad and down or unproductive, you punish yourself for feeling down and bad and unproductive. So we've just told ourselves, well, if we're feeling all these things, it's okay to feel them. <laughs> and not double down on punishing yourself for it. I, I mean, there's probably a million things I could share. Yeah, but but like, in everyone's situation is different. One thing too that's weird is some people will tell us something happened to them, and then they'll 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 say, "But it wasn't as bad as what happened to you." And we'll go, "That's not a thing." Like pain is pain. Pain's like gas. Any any little like piece that gets into the room can, will fill the room. Like we all feel totally. pain. Totally. Yeah, is so like trying to avoid comparing your pain to other pain, whether it's less or more in in your own mind and just accepting that you experienced something and this experience was tragic and that you can turn it into some sort of triumph, but it might take time. And then you're not gonna punish yourself in the middle for going through the battle. It's almost like people feel like after like the battle happened once the terrible thing happened. Mm, That might have been just the initiation of the war. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And now and now we're trying to get through. so it's just things to think about.
0: Yeah, I know, it's good. And this whole concept of you know being intentional about who you're becoming, you know as things are falling apart is part of becoming your best self. I mean it's it's reclaiming you know who you are and what matters to you during those times. This is a, this is a recurring theme all the time with the people I work with, the, the good people who are coming in and, and looking for for relief, for help for solutions that are terrified of getting hurt again and i just i just love the themes of intentionality i love the themes of like letting yourself feel of just not being afraid that that stuff's not going to that stuff's not going to destroy you that you know you can actually not only get through it but you can keep growing and building on top of that i just i think that these are very counterintuitive for most of us
1: yeah yeah, yeah. no it is it is isn't it odd that Sometimes the most counterintuitive things are the best things for you. That the, the things we do generally, Always. but, but it, it, although it does kind of make sense, is because a lot of times people will shape their lives around their traumas, and so they actually become the shell of themselves as a as a, as as a, as a way to cope instead of being themselves. And so the only way to become yourself again is actually sometimes to kind of do the, to do the counterintuitive thing to get back to the flow.
0: Right and I think the counterintuitive thing at least for a lot of couples that are dealing with betrayal is to you know for a lot of people is is to open back up to connection and that could be with the person who hurt you or it could be even with other people but you're right I agree that a lot of the times we we so identify with our pain that that becomes our new identity that I'm a victim of this or I'm I was hurt by this and this is just who I am or where I'm stuck and I I just think that, that that's a dead end and it's natural we all want to do it but it's I think you know, I love what you're saying in terms of nudging people a different direction.
1: Yeah, and I, and I don't know all the things. Definitely not like an expert on the choices that other people make. You know, I but the choices we make are definitely um, psychologically impacted by the choices other people make. Big time. And there's an analogy that says like something like this is a real thing, but it's also kind of made up. But it happens all the time. Like a kid might be told that they're not good at singing so they never sing at they don't sing the hymns at church they don't sing wherever they get wherever they are like literally singing and then they actually shape their entire life around the idea that they're really bad at singing right when in reality it's possible they were the best singer in the room maybe they were off key at that moment or maybe they were doing their own thing but you take that and you start saying why do i do the things that i do and usually you'll see it's because you're avoiding pain and if that's a good thing for you cool but if it's not And you want to change it, we need to take a second look. Is this something that I can deal with? Or is my life, my authentic life, really just me trying to avoid pain?
0: Oh, seriously. Right. Is that how I'm gonna define my life is by what I'm avoiding? Yeah, that's that's a nice reality check right there, Richie. I like that. And this is, you know, I think this is probably a good place to start wrapping up here, which is, you know, tying it right back into into the fear versus faith. I mean, I think living in terms of principles, if, if people are going to believe that somehow moving forward will happen when they don't feel afraid, they're not going to move forward. Like you said, these surfers that got back on those waves are very well aware that they're just scared all the time out there, but it's so fun yeah. in that case, right? With business, with other things like that, it's not going to come without that, that risk, that sense of failure. And if somebody does fail or when we do fail, I guess you say when we do fail, then like we've been talking about, That's not the worst thing that can happen. The worst thing is, I mean, from what I'm hearing, is just like playing small,
1: living small, hiding, being afraid. If there's something like pressing on your mind, a good thing, but you're scared to do it, you should probably figure out a way to do it because that thing is nudging you along and trying to help you to get to where you need to be.
0: Okay, that's it right there. (laughs) (laughs) Richie, where can people find you?
1: It's uh, RichieNorton.com. I even have a thing called the 76-Day Challenge. My son lived for 76 days. So it's like a PDF that kind of holds you by the hand and helps you dream again. Helps mm-hmm. you kind of those small incremental steps to get those small wins to build up to maybe the bigger things that you might want to do. That's totally free. But yeah, there you go. All the socials. But um, happy to help anyone that's listening to this show in any way that I can. And awesome, I man. People-
0: Fantastic. Yep. I'll put all the links in there, but hey, thank you so much for uh, taking a minute to uh, stop in here and share all this with us. Your hard-earned wisdom and your kindness, your generosity. Just so appreciate what you're doing.
1: My honor, brother. Thank you so much. It was was a lot of fun. I appreciate you.
0: Wow. Wasn't that great, guys? So great to connect with Richie. And I so appreciate all the great wisdom that he dropped on this podcast. Just so awesome. One that I'll go back and listen to again for sure. Okay, if you wanna connect with Richie, like he said, his website is richynorton.com. I'll put a link in the bio. You can also find him on social media. That's where I found him. And he's got lots of great resources, his book, and lots of other great things that he's always producing, his podcasts and other things. So go check it out. And thank you for being a part of this podcast. You guys are the best part. The listeners, the support, the feedback, means the world to me. I know that we're doing a lot of good out there with your feedback, the guests that jump on here, insights, all the stuff that's getting shared here. It's making a difference. And so I just appreciate the feedback and the reviews and the support and spreading the word. If you want to connect with me more deeply in my work, you can find me at toconnection.com, my website, and you can find courses. You can find the past episodes of this podcast, my weekly column. And of course, I'm also on social media and would love to connect with you there. Let me know how I can help. Definitely want to be a part of your solution, help you find good resources and move forward in your life. Thanks, guys. I look forward to joining you in the next episode. We'll see you next week.